Welcome to HOWC Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. And the devil taking him, speaking of Jesus, up into a high mountain, showed unto him all of the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou wilt therefore worship me, then all shall be thine. Luke chapter 4 verses 5 through 7. Wow, what a statement that Satan delivered to Jesus in the midst of his temptation. There's so much revelation and information to be gleaned from this one statement that I scarcely know where to start in this short message. But true to his nature and that of all prideful sinners, Satan boastfully tells on himself, revealing some of his greatest secrets, plans, and tactics in this attempt to tempt Jesus. The first temptation was one of satisfying the flesh in that Satan tempted Jesus who had been fasting to turn a stone into bread. The second temptation was one of satisfying the ego and the spirit, which would have produced bad fruit or bad character, which are influenced by spirit in that Satan tempted him with great power and a counterfeit, easy road, quick access version of his calling and the power and authority that that calling would give him. Only in Satan's version, Christ would have had to have worship and served him doing his will rather than God's. Yes, this was a temptation. Remember how hard it was for Jesus in the garden when he had to surrender his will and say, not my will, but thy will be done. It was such a great pressing that it says sweat fell as great drops of blood. What Jesus did for us was not easy, but it was worth it. Remember, it would not have been called a temptation if Jesus wasn't tempted by these things that Satan was offering, but yet he resisted. Standing firm in his faith, in God, what he had spoken, and in his love for him, that it was the best, it was wisdom, it was what was right. He trusted God's righteousness. The third temptation was one of the emotions or the soul, in that Satan tried to provoke Jesus into sinning as an emotional response to his pride-stirring pokes for him to prove himself, mocking and berating and treating him like he was nothing, hoping that he would respond in his emotions. So let's understand this, that the reason there were three temptations, the reason that the scripture says that Christ was tempted in every form and fashion that we were, the reason that he had to overcome the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life is because that he, in human form, like us, was a three-part being, a body, a spirit, and a soul. And Satan made sure to test all fronts for weaknesses. Oh, minister of the living God, you better pay attention to this. Satan will always tempt your flesh first, knowing that it is the weakest. Because he knows that he doesn't have to tempt you with riches, fame, rule, or even the world if all he has to do is tempt you with food, disobedience to fast, hunger for entertainment, lust, 
or any other desire of the flesh that you allow to trump your obedience to his daily will. Believe me that the lust of the flesh and failure to crucify it continually will cost you your destiny, your calling, and eventually, if not corrected, your right standing with God as it becomes a form of self-idolatry or spiritual adultery. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, we read this, being lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Now let's take an even closer look to the second temptation as quoted in our opening passage. Note that Satan shows Christ all of the kingdoms of the world and offers to give him the power and the glory of them all. He then continues to explain that they all belong to him and rule of them is only given to those whom he chooses and who worship him. So if you ever wonder why it seems that nearly all the world leaders, governments, and people of earthly power in this physical world seem to have sold their souls, being callous, evil, and even satanic at heart, then it's because for the most part, they have. It's also important to glean from this passage the fact that Satan was able to offer this in the first place, or else it would not have been a temptation. It shows that Satan is the ruler of this physical world in its current state. A point that is echoed in many other places in scripture. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3, we read this, But if our gospel be hid, Paul was speaking to the Corinthians about him and his fellow evangelists. He said that it be hid to them that are lost in whom the God, small g, of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. He was telling them that those who cannot see the truth, it's because they have been blinded. They are still serving the small g God of this world. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And you, speaking to the church, hath he, speaking of God, quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you had walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. He was telling the church, you used to be controlled by the spirit of this world who controls the children of disobedience, but you have been redeemed from it. You are in the world, but you are not of it. In John chapter 14, verse 29, Jesus said this, And now I have told you before it came to pass, that when it comes to pass, you might believe. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. This was right before his crucifixion. Jesus was warning that he was going to have to face these powers and principalities. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against these principalities, these demonic princes, against powers, against rulers in dark places of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Understand what the scripture is saying. There is a spiritual power that rules this world and its earthly territories, in John chapter 7, verse 14, Jesus praying to the Father 
for us, for his disciples and for those who would believe on him through their words for future generations. He said, I have given them thy word and the world hateth them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou should takest them out of the world, but that thou should keep them from the evil that is in the world, for they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Jesus was speaking to the Father a prayer for us, his followers, saying that it was not time for us to be removed, but that he prayed that God would protect us and keep us from being influenced by these evil things, that we are to go out and to take dominion and to subdue, just like the first commission that was given in the Garden of Eden, a physical submission and subduing. We were given authority over the land, but we relented that authority and gave it up to Satan. That's when man fell and became subject to sin and death. But Jesus, he came and he caught it back. He redeemed us, but he does it in the spiritual. And he sends us out with the same commission, but this time it's to be spiritually fruitful, to prosper, to multiply, to subdue, and to take dominion. There was a ruler at the time that this temptation was given over the world, and he still influences rulers. Now, we as children of the true king and God, because Jesus overcame him, he overthrew him at the crucifixion with what he did. But we are still going out and letting men know that they have been liberated and many do not know it. So there are still many rulers listening to these powers and principalities. There is a battle taking place that will be finished on the final day when Jesus comes back to assume his throne in New Jerusalem. But saying all of that, I said that to make the point that what Satan was saying to Jesus was a truth, in a way. That he did have the power to grant this to Jesus. Therefore, was it a true temptation? And he still has the power to grant it to some degree, at least temporarily, to those who he offers it to today. That's why you see so many politicians and rich men and wannabe and celebrities selling their soul for the promise of ease and quick glory without having to go through Gethsemane to do it God's way. Scripture is very clear in stating the reality that Satan is the ruler of this world. That's why Jesus himself tells us that we are not of this world, but that rather he has chosen us out of the world. He says it again in John chapter 15, verse 19. We are, as Christians, to be separated from the world, seeking and submitting to the will of God at all cost. I understand the message that is coming forth today by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, that through the blood of Jesus, where we all afforded authority, dominion, and power, making our enemies our footstool. This means that Satan no longer has a monopoly on authority in this world, and we as true, holy, righteous, and redeemed, blood-bought Christians now hold an even greater authority than him. Things have already shifted. However, Satan doesn't want to give up his rule of this world, which in actuality, when the Bible speaks of the world, it's really speaking of those who are under the rule of Satan, are always in such strong opposition to true Christians, those who are under the rule of God. 
even to the point of silencing and killing Christians at every opportunity. But when that opportunity is not afforded him, then Satan will do the only thing that he can. He seeks to destroy the power and authority of God's holy people by tempting them into abandoning their holiness and right standing with God, therefore forfeiting their authority. You see, for Satan, it's all about his throne, his will, his rule, and being worshipped as the greatest authority and power. That's what he's always been about. We know that all the way from the beginning in the account in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12, where it says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven, and will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I also will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north, and will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet the truth is that thou shalt be brought down to hell and the sides of the pit. Well, be careful of any thought that seeks to self-elevate. You see that the devil tried to bring this same temptation to Jesus. We can see a parallel of Satan trying to tempt Jesus with this same thing, but Jesus overcoming it. In Luke's account of the temptation, in chapter 4, verse 5, it says, And the devil taking him speaking of Jesus, up unto a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All of this power will I give thee, and the glory thereof. And he took him up into that high place and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and offered to give them to him. Of course, we know that Satan is a liar and unfaithful, and while he may seem to fulfill his promises for a moment in the temporary it always comes to naught and destruction in the end. However, God, in the short term, does things so far above and beyond our comprehension that it may seem not to be possible or make sense, but in the end, he is faithful. He always comes through, and he will do it through the miraculous to prove that it is something that only he can do. Oh, have faith in him and have patience and keep waiting and praying and praising. He will fulfill his promises, his covenants, even unto a thousand generations. Don't be tempted to take shortcuts. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, it says that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and in the knowledge of him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened that we may know what is the hope of his calling and that the riches of his glory and of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us ward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him on his right hand in heavenly places for above all principalities and powers and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in the world which is to come you see 
The devil wanted to give Jesus a little bit of fame, a little bit of glory, a little bit of notoriety, a little bit of authority, but he would still be under him. But what God was going to do was going to raise him up above the Janus and Jambers and all of the counterfeits. He was going to give him all of the glory and power of heaven and put the enemy underneath his feet. He was going to put all of these powers and principalities under him and us also through him because Jesus said that if I be lifted up, then all men will be lifted up with me. We have the opportunity through what Jesus did to be lifted up in authority above Satan, above the powers, above the principalities. If you will trust God and let him take you through your Gethsemanes and into promise, he will give you the real thing, something that Satan cannot offer, neither any of the counterfeits. It is a sad thing to see so many ministers and leaders and it's celebrities and politicians bending the knee to Satan to the counterfeit because they want a quick importation or a little bit of glory or the illusion of authority, but it's not the real thing. Oh, my friend, if you will honor the king, if you will come to him in faith and trust him and let him lead you through your Gethsemane, if you will have patience for the season, the scripture says that he will fulfill his promises after that you have done the will of God, just like Jesus, you're going to come to those temptations and you're going to have to resist them. You're going to come to those moments where you're going to have to say, not my will, but your will be done. I entrust myself unto a good and faithful father who loves me. And no matter what it looks like in the moment, what you're doing is for me. You are for me, not against me. And it's going to be for the good, not only for me, but for everyone around me. You're going to move through me in your perfect will and timing. And it's going to be beautiful. You're going to bring about something that the counterfeits couldn't even imagine. It says that if they would have known who Jesus was and what God was doing, they would not have crucified him. And I think one of the most beautiful things about the crucifixion is that the devil actually thought that it was his plan. It was his idea. He thought he was winning, but he was setting himself up for a checkmate moment. You see, the Bible tells us very plainly that that old serpent was the most cunning creature that God ever created. He is smarter than you. You cannot outsmart him. Don't let him use his pride against you to think that you can come out on top while playing with him. You better trust God and his wisdom and just be obedient even when it doesn't make sense. You have to understand that God's ways are not our ways, that he is so far above and beyond us that we can't even comprehend what he's doing. But all we can do is have faith and trust him and just obey and follow his leading. Do what he says. It'll bring you to a good ending. Trust what it says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, that his plans for us are good to bring about a good and expected end, a destination, a destiny. There's something that he has purposed for us. And if we will trust him, he will bring us to it. But when that word was spoken to the children of Israel, they were about to go into 70 years of bondage, but there was a purpose in it. It was to strip them. It was to humble them. It was to equip them so that he could bring them back in the right condition to bring true revival that would be lasting. But even in the wilderness, even in the process, he made them prophets in the midst of Babylon. They did mighty works. In fact, that's where we get the story of Daniel and the lion's den and of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were witnesses of the power of the God of Israel in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation and generation. And then God strengthened them and brought them in to their own place. 
God wastes nothing. His wisdom is perfect. His word will accomplish what it sets forth to do. He is faithful to the end, but his wisdom is so grand and so much higher than man's. Sometimes you just got to take it by faith, obey, and keep going. Rebuke the devil. Resist the temptations for the quick, easy importations, the painless Pentecost, the Gethsemane-less promises. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. Understand that the devil will try to tempt you in the areas of your flesh through lust, through a lack of fasting and prayerfulness, through entertainment and distractions. He will tempt you in the area of your soul, through your emotions, through your logic, through your pride and lack of understanding or desire for it. And he will test you in the spirit through your character. That's why Jesus gave us the fruits of the spirit to be a plumb line to always point us back to what the Holy Spirit is like so that we will know that we are listening to the right voice. But if you will overcome these things, keeping your faith in the words of God and the example and demonstration of Jesus. Then God will bring you out of that wilderness and temptation in the power of the Holy Spirit and use you to tear down kingdoms, giving you authority over powers and principalities. And you will see things changed in the earth as the Lord does a work through you because he is preparing us to rule and reign with him when he returns at New Jerusalem. You see, the enemy, he's already lost. He's already been judged. In fact, when Jesus went to the crucifixion, he said this. He said, my time has come. The God of this world has been judged. You see, the devil messed up. He killed someone innocent. Because the law said this, that death was only the consequence of sin. Therefore, Jesus, who had never sinned, should have never been subject to the penalty of it. Satan messed up. So that sinless man, Jesus, the first one who died, who was actually able to enter in to the kingdom of heaven, to the real mercy seat of God and bring the blood of a sacrifice, an atonement to it. His own blood. He interceded for us that we might be cleansed and be able to receive his Holy Spirit and then bring it out into all the world to let him continue his work through us, letting everyone know that they have been liberated. But so many don't know. They're still listening to the lies, the temptations, Satan. Oh, Father, give us the wisdom to resist him, that the power and authority by the grace of God has been given to put him under our feet and to liberate the captives, to let them know that you are coming to finish this fight, but in your mercy you have tarried because you are giving opportunity for us to choose our side. And so the temptation of Satan is this, is to convince you to stay with him in a losing fight. While our job as Christians are to convince the captives that they've been liberated and that they need to join the army of God because the outcome has already been determined. Satan has already been judged. 
the reason Jesus tarries is because the judgment that is still coming is for us. Yes, God is coming as a righteous judge, but Satan's sentence is sure it's already been determined. But in God's great mercy, he has given us space for repentance that we might be forgiven and redeemed and leave the kingdom of Satan and join his. Thank you for joining us today. This program was brought to you by HOWC Media Ministries. For more messages like this or information about our ministry, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.